Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Tape to Tape. My name is Dom, here with our boy Springer, uh, here to give you pretty much all of the professional knowledge that you ever need for the game of hockey. And, uh, you know, you listen to one episode of us, you're, you're going to know it all, and you're going to basically be out there and being Wayne Gretzky. You're, it's, it's a simple fact of the matter. You listen to our podcast once, and the next thing you know, you're, you're ripping up our nindos and snapping cheddar five-hole, and it's unbelievable. I, Absolutely. The things, the things I mean, we do for people on this podcast, it's incredible. Oh, 100%. And you're totally not listening to two white guys on a podcast right now. 100%. Not. Um, nope. Definitely didn't not play competitive hockey past high school. That's for sure. Um, 100% not. We know what we're talking about, guys. We, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Um. For those of you that are new to the podcast, that is a crock of shit. Everything we just said, we are, as Springer said, two random white dudes. We're just here looking to uh, bring a little light to the game, shed, shed some light on the boys, kind of what goes on, Absolutely. and give you our hot takes, or not hot takes sometimes, on what's going on in the league, week to week, but keep you, keep you updated. So if... You love hockey and you followed it your whole life. I think it'd be interesting to hear our takes and you can uh, feel free to write in. Tell us how fucking wrong we are, how stupid we sound. I would love to hear that. Um, we'd, we'd love to love to get some viewers and, and their comments on here. Or if you're brand new to the game, you can listen to us a couple times, talk to your buddies, and you're going to sound like a fucking pro. That's what we do. I mean... That's what podcasts are for, right? You got to learn something just so you can, you know, let everybody else know that you know this knowledge because exactly. you're, you know, exactly. a well-rounded human being. That's what podcasts are all about. And that's what we're here to provide you in a really shitty way. So the shittiest way possible. 100%. That being said, so, let's jump into our shitty takes. Uh, we've got a, we a good lineup for this week's episode. I'm, I'm actually really pumped. We're talking too. trade rumors couple people maybe moving maybe not um talk about one of the biggest douchebags in the history of the nhl uh oh, and then for you uh for you younger listeners we'll we'll talk a little bit about um tiktok and the partnership they just announced with the nhl so yeah. let's uh Jump into some trade rumors. It's we're we're getting closer and closer every week to that lovely deadline, and yeah. it just seems like there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of teams that need people, and there's a lot of teams that don't have the cap space to keep the people that they have. Springer, I know you've been looking into into a couple guys. Why don't you Why don't you kick it off? What do you got? Um, thoughts there. Yeah, so uh, somebody that seems to have come up quite a bit in uh, the rumor mill um, seems like JT Miller is looking to possibly move from the Canucks, uh, Vancouver Canucks, that is, uh, for you new people. Now, there's a lot of talk about him possibly going to maybe either the Rangers, the New York Rangers, or the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, it's very interesting, in my opinion, that 
he wants to leave just in general because I feel like it is a really good spot for him. I feel like he kind of has um, a, a little bit of seniority amongst the Canucks lineup just in general. But I think that for him personally, he's really kind of looking for um, a place where he can actually make a decent playoff run. Now, Dom, I don't know. I don't know what you think. Uh, if you've got any other takes on that, really. I, you know, I think this year, if he wants a shot, he's going to the Leafs. I, I don't know. It's one of those things where the trade – the trade deadline is, is such a, such a tough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because nobody knows what the next half of the season is going to look like. Right. You might look at a team right now. Um, I mean, shit, let's look at three years ago. Let's look at the blues who at the all-star game deadline were dead last in the league. And that team proceeded to go on and win Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, I would agree. I think he wants to go and win a cup. And I think, I think winning's, obviously the main mentality most of the time sometimes you gotta pay a little due you gotta stick where you are and help build that team I think that's what JT needs to do and I think the the Canucks while they might not be winning it this year they are building a foundation to be stupid in three years if they can keep the players that they have as well as take in these new young guns yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and they started off, the Canucks started off really, really, really shittily this year. And uh, they made a coaching change uh, a little over a month ago, maybe two months ago now. And they look like a completely different team. And kind of like what you touched on, Dom, the teams can change it, completely turn it around even at halfway through the season at the all-star break. And I think that um, the potential is there for the Canucks to really kind of make something of themselves soon. And who knows, it may even be this year, maybe next year, but, you know, depending on if they get a playoff spot this year or next year, but um, anything's really possible. It's that's the one thing about hockey is it's in, in terms of statistical like betting and just the stats for who's going to win each night, it's one of the most random sports possible. Like you can have a pretty good idea if you watch an NFL game or an NBA game. Most of those games when it comes to betting and just guessing who's going to win are pretty predictable. The NHL is actually very unpredictable, especially come playoff time. Very. Oh, my gosh. I mean, un- unpredictability, I think that is the definition of the NHL playoffs. Like, I, I, th- I, think, I think if you if you were to pull out Merriam-Webster and you went and looked up the word unpredictable, the definition is the NHL playoffs. There is not oh, absolutely. a thing that you could ever predict or know. Or like, you could have all the stats in the world. I don't care. Playoff hockey is a different animal. It's a different beast. And that's kind of why I think some of these guys, not all of them, but some of them that we're going to talk about for the trade deadline, I, I think they're better off just sucking it up and staying where they're at 
if their team has a shot at making it into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So move on from that one. Uh, another one that came up from the Canucks is uh, Brock Besser. Um, he's been kind of their, I don't know if he's necessarily a young gun anymore, but he's, you know, still a relatively yeah, young I mean, guy I would, I would for the still team. consider him a younger gun. I don't think he's, yeah. I don't think he's a young gun. Like, um, I guess I don't even know. I don't, I don't even think you can really consider Kirill a young gun. Um, no. I mean, he looks young, but uh, I mean, technically like a child. He's, he's like, what, 26, I think. Something like that. Oh, I thought he was 43. <laughs> One of those. But we'll talk about the 40 year olds later in the episode. True. Yeah. Um, we'll get to them. Well, if he's 43, yeah. he's having a hell of a season for a 43 year old. I'll tell you what. Yeah. yeah uh, right. but like, um, you know, the young guns, the, the quick guys, the new new to the league, I wouldn't consider Brock necessarily one of those, but I think for the team and what he brings, he has that young gun mentality of I'm gonna be the first to the puck, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the one first to the net for that rebound. Um he still brings the energy of a young gun, and I think that's something that a lot of teams have to benefit, you know. Absolutely. Well, with him. Being a young gun, he certainly wouldn't be the youngest gun on the team that he's looking at going to, the uh, New Jersey Devils. That is a young team, I'll tell you what. With that crown going to uh, Jack Hughes. But, um, yeah, pretty much going from, you know, one team that started out as a shit can going to a team that is a total shit can, the New Jersey Devils. Dom, what do you think about this potential? I think it's a horrible fit. Um, I'm just, I'm going to be real blunt. I, I don't think, I don't think Besser, what the devils need is experience and Besser brings experience, but not deep into the playoff. Mm-hmm. If, if the devils want to win a cup, they need, I, I love their young guns. Like I love, I love that they've got a young team and they're, they're building up from there. I think you either stick with that mantra and you continue to bring in young guys, and then your young guys now become your older guys, and they become the experience. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you trade some of your young guns away to get that experience, knowing that you're going to lose those players that you have now shaped into the Devils organization. Um, I guess, I guess the thought would be: Is Besser worth? more than what they're giving up. Well, that's and, true. And that's, that's, that's where – that's the million-dollar question. I think you got to think to yourself, okay, we're gaining Brock Besser, but if we have to give up two of our young guns who are kind of you know, newer to the league, haven't been putting up crazy numbers, you don't know if next year they're the next Kaprizov. You, know? you don't know if they're going right. out and they're winning, winning – I guess they wouldn't win the Calder. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it just it, – mm-hmm. it's one of those things that – I don't think the Devils have gotten enough experience with the team that they have to be making these frantic trades of, oh shit, we need someone new. We got to change the culture. We got to, like, you know, we got to settle down. You got a lot of young talent. See how they develop in the next, the rest of this year and into next year. Work on your goaltending a little bit and then, and then come back around. Um, this is also – I'm thinking of that more from the devil's side. You look, at, you look at the Canucks side, I think 
they have more to lose than they do to gain, especially mm-hmm. if JT also gets traded. Yeah. They just lost their yeah. two biggest names. No, definitely. And it's interesting that both of them come up just because, I yeah, I don't really see what either the Rangers, the Leafs, or the Devils really have to give to the Canucks that are – that's decent enough because i mean the canucks aren't totally out of the playoff run no so that's that's, that's why i'm confused you know i'm not confused because i know it's true but it it confuses me that they these are the guys that are not on the chopping block but are almost the number one look for us to trade yeah well Um, i'm wondering if i think it's i don't know I, i don't think it's smart on their part yeah, and last thing I'll say about it before we move on to some more is um, I'm just curious if the Canucks are just, you know, waving the white flag now and saying, you know what, we'll, we'll try again next year, and they're maybe looking at getting picking up some draft picks. But even then, I don't know if that's really quite worth it for the Canucks, just because I – just me personally, I, I'm always very hesitant about draft picks because it seems like, especially recently – it seems like you hear a lot about guys who just don't really pan out to be anything in the NHL. Some guys oh, just I, end up staying in the I, NHL. I completely agree with you. I will say every now and then you do. There are some guys oh, yeah. who, who they do pan out and that's awesome. But, you know, I think something that's important for the viewers to understand is the NHL draft is not really like the football, the NFL draft. You know, NFL draft, you've got these guys played three, four years at a college and then declare. And you have seen them playing for three to four years. NHL is not like that. These guys get drafted before they go play in college. And then they go play two, three, four years. So when these guys get drafted, they're just coming out of juniors. These guys are 18, 19 years old. Phenomenal players. Don't get me wrong. They're killing it. But that's a lot of time in between getting drafted and finally making it up to the big leagues, something can go wrong. Something can happen. And so I agree with you. That's why I don't love trading draft picks in the NHL. I'd much rather play. I'd much rather trade for a player that I've seen compete at the NHL level. And I know that they're going to be able to hold their own and continue to compete at that NHL level. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll move on here. Um, Another guy we've got potentially uh, looking elsewhere is uh, Alexander I'm going to fumble fuck this. Georgiev? Georgiev? Something like that. Georgiev. Something like that. that. He's fuck it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he's a uh, attendee for the New York Rangers. He's looking at potentially or Tendi, rumor Tendi is. for those of you who, uh, who are new to the game, Tendi is, is the goaltender or the goalie. Mm-hmm. That's or right. What Dom and I both were. Anyway. Tendi. Tendi's, uh, baby. Synonym, synonym is also fucked in the head. Um, mm-hmm. insane, mm-hmm. crazy, wild. Um, am I missing anything there, Springer? Wow. Uh, I mean, obnoxious. Yeah, weird. Um, weird for sure. Yeah, not, um, not the brightest crayon in the crayon box. Uh, another one, too. I, yeah, I, I more think of it as. We're not the sharpest knife in the spoon drawer. That's right. 
you know, we're not. And, and for those of you that aren't familiar with that saying, uh, it means we're out of place. One hundred percent. Not one hundred percent. But but no, we try hard. Yeah, absolutely. It takes an absolute moron to stop a uh, rubber vulcanized black puck uh, with your body. Um, takes yeah. a takes an absolute moron. So. We fit into that, uh, that short bus, that's for sure. But anyway, uh, Georgiev to uh, potentially the Vegas Golden Knights, who are definitely looking for some depth on uh, the goalie team. That's for sure. The Tindy team. Absolutely. Um, Dom? Dom, what do you think? Um, you know, I... I don't think he's going to be the fit that Vegas needs for a backup. Yep. I think if, if they pull over Georgiev, he's going to become another guy that plays once every five games right behind Leonard, which if that's what they want, that's fine. I'll, I, I will say this. Vegas thrived when they had the double goalie platoon system. And they were basically rocking every other. I, I've never seen a team do it that well, play that competitively every single night when in the back of the mind, the players, you know, inevitably there's a little part as a player where it's like, oh shit, we got our, you know, backup Tandy in tonight. Everybody kind of comes in with that mentality. All of a sudden you're playing a little more defensively, a couple turnovers, boom, bang. Now it's fuck, it's two nothing. Like Vegas me. never did that. Vegas, not right. once. It didn't matter if it was Florian Net or Leonard Net. Granted, those are two massive names that they had on their roster. Um, but Leonard didn't become big until he was, he didn't, I, I guess, he was big, but he didn't become mm-hmm. as big and start playing as well until he made it to Vegas. And mm-hmm. his play in Vegas has just been far above and beyond what anybody expected. So I think. Personally, I think Vegas should go back to that look. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows Flurry is not happy in Chicago. I don't know how, yeah. I mean, as, a, as a tenny, I don't know how you could you go from playing with the Knights to where you're putting up a shutout every three, four games and you've got a lot of defensive help. And on top of that, your boys are putting pucks in the net mm-hmm. to the Blackhawks, who quite honestly are a travesty to the sport at this point in time and should consider rebuilding for the next five years. Um, yeah. People know Florida wants out. I don't think the Golden Knights will go back to them, unfortunately. Nope, they they came they, out they, officially. They did, they did announce and say that they will not. Um, but I think that's, you know, it doesn't have to be Flurry, but I think that should be Vegas's target is another almost top-tier attendee to run that sort of platoon every other system with. And then if you got that's, if you get a guy that's going hot, keep him in. We saw yeah. that with – they started Leonard over Flurry for an entire series last year. Mm-hmm. I just – it's – Vegas is struggling in other areas outside of goaltender that I think they could focus their trade talks on. Springer, what do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting. I I think that's the tough part for the Golden Knights is that 
I think they would 100% go back to that as well. Try and find a 1A, 1B type of situation. The issue that the Vegas Golden Knights run into big time is the cap space. As we've seen, they've already... That's true. Their cap space is bad. Yeah. As we've already seen, they pretty much put their, uh, their, you know, one of their, you know, big guys, um, Mark Stone, on long-term injury reserve for a quote-unquote back injury um, to make space for um, Jack Eichel, who just came back from uh, shoulder uh, surgery. True. So I'm... He uh, he actually had a really good night. I think that was three nights ago, three or four, when uh, he put put in two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I don't doubt it at all that he's going to totally come out of his shell in a way that he was never going to be able to in Buffalo, just because he's got the support around him. And I think that honestly, because of him coming in and with Stone coming back for the playoffs, because that's when the whole um, kind of idea of the cap space or the, you know, salary cap kind of just goes out the window, which is interesting. And I'm sure that something will come along uh, to change that in the future, but They'll get Mark Stone back, um, and they will have a really, really, really strong team. Um, And with that being said, them falling to number two behind Calgary, who is first now in the Pacific Division, I'm very curious to see what that looks like come playoff time. Um, But we're just going to have to wait and see, I guess. But in terms of bringing him in for Vegas, I think it might be – a good idea possibly i just don't know if i don't know what vegas is going to have uh in return for the rangers because that's i really a, don't think they good, have much that's a that's another good point you got to think about that from the rangers side too do they want to give up georgia for i can't imagine the knights are going to offer them mark stone <laughs> well, no. And that's the thing is, I don't really think they have much in terms of uh, uh, draft picks as well. I, I think that they're kind of their Vegas is kind of a into in it to win it like yesterday mentality. Uh, and, yeah. And that's I, I think we saw that succeed for them in their first three years. And I think we're definitely seeing it bite them in the ass now. Mm hmm. Did they make it to two finals or just one? Just that first year, right? And all the other just years that first year to like the semis or the quarters. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, still impressive as all hell to be, oh, to be an expansion team and, and make it to the playoffs, let alone the finals in your first year is stupid, just insane. Um, but I, I don't. I don't. I. I don't know. I think. They've got better places that they could uh, – better goalies that Vegas could go after, and I think the Rangers have better teams that they could talk with that would have more to offer them. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on from that last one yeah, we've got yeah, yeah. here that we kind of want to touch on just real quick. It uh, looks like uh, Zdeno Chara, who – Zdeno. Uh, uh, for yep, those of left. you unfamiliar with our boy Zdeno Chara, he is um, – Long-time Boston Bruins player, currently playing for the Islanders. Yep. And talks of him being on the chopping block. Not on the chopping block, but the trading block. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if he's necessarily happy in New York. I think he, yeah. I, I think here's, here's kind of my thought on this. I believe it's probably coming from Chara. It's probably him initiating this and he probably wants out of New York. Mm-hmm. I think he went there and they had a great couple of seasons. Uh, they made a hell of a run last year. And this year they just, they don't look the same. They don't have that same goaltending. They don't have that same fire that I saw last year, um, especially in the second half of the season. They've just kind of looked almost sluggish and slow. And I think I think that's something that's really starting to tear away at Chara, having played so many years in Boston with such a constantly successful team that he is looking to get back to winning and winning a lot. And so it would not surprise me if – Chara does leave. It's a matter of where does he fit on Very a team that win. Very true. And, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Off the top of my head, I honestly really can't think of any place that um, he could possibly go that he would really make much of a difference. Sedano Chara is, um, I believe, the oldest player in the NHL now. You know, it's actually th- – this could not be better timing. I uh, – just got a notification from the NHL app. Zidane Char made history tonight, passing Chris Chelios, playing in his 1,652nd NHL game, uh, the most by an NHL defenseman ever. Wow. Uh, and I would cool. also like to point out, that as that popped up on my phone, the Islanders just scored to take a one nothing lead against the Sharks. That was a uh, crazy, crazy little triple triple event there. No Guess kidding. we should start talking about Chara a little more often, eh? I know. Yeah, I'll give them the – yeah. I mean, this is a Zidane Chara podcast now. So if you're listening for more for, hockey for stuff, next, I'm sorry. For, for the next five you. minutes, this is a Zidane Chara only podcast. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. But with that being said – I don't think we have five minutes to talk about Zidane Chara, so I, don't I think, think we, we should do probably either. move on here. <laughs> but I don't even know I, if I, I have I five minutes of stuff. I don't. I, I didn't. I didn't get to totally hear everything. Like, just kind of what? Are, what do you think? Like, you think he he wants that same winning mentality? You think you think he wants out of New York? You think New York wants rid of him? What are your thoughts? So I I could totally see him wanting out of uh, the New York Islanders. I. I, I think that this has just been a disappointing season for the Islanders just all around. I think that there was totally. a lot more hype for the team, both in the locker room and the organization as a whole. And for the fans, I think that there was a lot, there's a lot left to be desired still out on the table for the Islanders. And um, I just don't think that they're going to be able to turn it around. Um, of course, we've all said this before, um, but I just think that the island, you know, the Islanders still might make a run because they're the Islanders. And it's true. Um, it, it could happen. It's, it's, yep. You don't, you don't invade Russia in the winter and you don't count out the Islanders halfway through the season. So we'll see. These are, these are two things that I know. Those are the only two things I learned from uh, school. So thank you, school. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I think that, um, quite honestly, I don't really see that there's much interest uh, for Chara at this time. I, I think that um, 
yeah, I, I just don't see much interest aside from maybe a team that's looking for, you know, looking to make a playoff run, but they just don't have kind of the, uh, the wisdom and obviously the, the playoff experience. Right. So right. we'll kind of have to see, but I, I just don't really see much interest in him at this time. And, you know, I, I don't know if we'll really see much interest in Chara in the upcoming years too. I think he obviously is past his prime. And I think that he's kind of just out there doing, you know, the bare minimum to keep a, a an NHL contract, obviously, yeah. you know, just because of his age, it's not because he doesn't want to be out there giving 110%. I just think that, you know, your body catches up to you at some point and absolutely Dano Char has been lucky enough to make a run this far, but I, I just don't see much interest uh, from many other teams up in the future. So we'll have to see, obviously this is just the rumor mill. So we could be talking 100 and, you know, 100% bullshit. So, Oh, 100%. I mean, this could be a 180 degree and Char says, I want to retire with the Islanders and he's there for another three years and then calls it quits. But we'll, we'll, see. we'll see how that one unfolds and we will, uh, we'll keep you guys updated as, uh, as that kind of continues. We'll, we'll move on and we'll uh, let's talk about, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and introduce this one and then I'll hang up and listen. So <laughs> Sean Avery, um, a NHL league renowned uh, bad guy. Jackass. As Don likes to put it. Yes. So Sean Avery signed uh, an ECHL contract with the Orlando Solar Bears. That's right. The solar bears for you new listeners. That's adorable. Um, it's so cute. It is, it is cute. It's really cute. But yeah, signing a uh, jungle contract. He's a uh, 41-year-old uh, forward. Last NHL game he played in was on December 10th, 2011 with the New York Rangers. Uh, it looks like the solar bears. Let's just added put that into perspective. He hasn't played in the NHL in 11 years. 11, 11 years. years. Has not yeah. played in the NHL. He's 41 yep. now. Yep. So, um, yep, it looks like they put him on uh, the team's reserve list per ESPN. Um, so it looks like the Solar Bears as a team are in fourth place in the ECHL South Division. And for those of you who don't know, the ECHL is uh, the East Coast Hockey League. They are kind of like, I guess to put it in like a, a baseball perspective, the ECHL is kind of like single A baseball. Yep. It's it's Great not way. it's not going to be top tier um a lot of these guys vary in age significantly but when you go down to the east coast hockey league um it's it it's not impossible but it's very unlikely that you either make it back to the nhl or make it to the nhl as a whole um so obviously in sean avery's case this is significantly different because he is um somebody who played many years in the NHL, but Dom, I know that you have a personal vendetta against Sean Avery. So like I said, I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, you know, per personal, personal makes it seem like I know the guy and uh, I just, I don't, but he's, um, he, he's kind of like a Brad Marchand in the sense of, He's really good at being an enforcer and pissing people off and starting fights. And I, I think there's a place for that. I get it. 
I, I 100% agree you need a guy that can go out there and help your team, you know, build a little momentum, get a little chippy. I love that. I love it. Sean Avery takes that to a whole nother level. And it's, it's this another level of just, I, I can't even put into words like what it, what it looks like or how to describe it. He's, he's just over the top and he's, if, if for, for those of you listening, if you, if you want a just general impression of Sean Avery, look up, look up the video of Sean Avery screening. Is it Martin Broder? Yeah. Yeah. Look up the video of him screening Martin Broder, Martin Broder. Sorry. Um, he has no regard for the play of the puck and is solely focused on getting in the way of the goalie and pissing off the goalie and pissing off anybody else that is around him and in front of him. He, when, when he was in the league 11 years ago, I, I'd like to point that out just one more time, 11 fucking years ago, this dude thinks he's going to come back. Um, I mean, some of the penalties this guy was taking, these slashes, these hits, like, they're so uncalled for. And if he comes back into the league, somehow makes it out of the ECHL and makes it back up to in, into the league, um, I'd be curious to see what his gameplay has shifted to in the past 11 years because I highly doubt as a 41-year-old he's looking out he's, – he's going out and trying to fist fight Zidane Chara. Back to being a Zidane Chara podcast, by the way. Um, That's right. Yeah, I think we're at five minutes now, so I think yeah, we're that, that sounds about right. We'll, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and switch away from that. But I I just I I I kind of think it's more of <laughs> I think it's more of a marketing move for the Solar Bears than anything. I think they know he's got a name. They they know that he's going to bring uh, a crowd and a following that likes to watch that chippy and dirty play. And um, I don't know. It's I just, I, I just, I, I don't like him personally. Don't, don't like what I've seen from him. He's had some good plays, but I, I think he needed to stop playing 11 years ago. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it's been 11 fucking years since this dude's played. Uh, the league's a little different and he's just, I, I don't think, I, I don't think he'll, he'll compete. I don't think he'll make it back up to the NHL level. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Dominic Legato does not like Sean Avery. But what are, you, what, do you, what do you think? You think you think this is more of a marketing ploy? You think they're actually trying to get him to generate a little bit of offense? What what, what are your thoughts? One hundred percent a marketing ploy. Uh, total, absolute, yeah, marketing ploy. Way to get asses and seats in Orlando, which they are in terms of ECHL play. They are top tier. In, in terms of facilities, they play where the uh, Orlando Magic play. So it's a really, really nice facility. Very nice. Um, with that being said, um, the reserve list, um, noting that he was put on the team's reserve list, makes it 100% without a doubt a marketing play. Guarantee he doesn't see the ice. I think that they're just doing it to get asses and seats in quite a big arena. Mm -hmm. So, um, Curious to see if he actually hits the ice with the team, aside from maybe a practice here and there. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like Sean Avery can't afford the fines for missing practices. So <laughs> we'll see. But um, just to kind of touch on um, what you mentioned uh, with him, you know, being kind of a dirty player and kind of a chippy player and that 
the leagues change significantly. And uh, I agree. And that's because all the chippiness and uh, the dirtiness is in the ACHL. Yeah, is exactly. The absolute jungle. Exactly. So uh, I'm you know, ECHL and the, uh, the AHL pretty much very, very similar leagues. Like, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. kind of like single A, double A baseball. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's, there's an AHL team nearby and I don't know if I've ever been to a game where there were, was less than four fights. I mean, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of what they do. That's how they attract a crowd. Granted they play hockey. They, they hundred percent do. I'm not going to say that it's not the game of hockey, but they do spend a little bit more time putting on a show and trying, trying to get that revenue in with fights and aggressive play. And um, it's, it's different from the baseball single A, double A leagues in the sense of there's not as much fluidity for movement uh, to yeah. go up and down in the NHL. You know, if you're in Absolutely. the ACHL, the odds, the odds of you not being on a farm team for an NHL team and moving up are pretty low. So I agree. I think it's, I think it's a lot of marketing there. Oh, 100%. Well, Move on from there. Uh, yeah, so let's Donald jump into you. a little bit of news that the uh, NHL and TikTok have announced for all of you, uh, you younger listeners out there. TikTok and the NHL have agreed to a partnership. Uh, we got we got some quotes here from Forbes, kind of talking about some numbers. We got a quote: the NHL's TikTok account currently reaches 1.7 million followers, and team accounts have logged more than 546 million worldwide views. That's from Forbes. Also from Forbes, the on-ice branding is another component of the new deal. And the league and the Players Association are looking to innovate within a digital ecosystem that rewards creativity. Um, Also from Forbes. I personally, I love this move. I think similar to expansion teams, it widens the view of hockey. It gives different generations uh, a good look into the NHL and lets them see a side that typically they don't. Um, I, I personally think great things can come from this. It just needs to be done well. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I am a, uh, I am a millennial. So I don't really spend a whole lot of time on TikTok. Granted, I'm on TikTok every now and then. I mean, typically if I'm uh, on the shitter, I am always on TikTok. And, you know, I'm usually on TikTok until my legs go numb on the toilet. And then it's like, okay, time to go back to the real world. Well, it's, but, it's, good, it's good to know that's not just a me thing. Um, no. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because my sometimes my legs get more of a workout from taking a shit than I think my butt does. Oh, 100%. But yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting move. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. I am just very curious to see how they go about doing it. Does that mean that they kind of add more NHL advertising within TikTok itself? Right. Do they, um, do they implement, you know, more ways to kind of attract, do they do something to the algorithm of TikTok itself to kind of 
bring up more NHL stuff because that's that's the tough thing about TikTok is that everybody talks about the algorithm, the algorithm, the right. algorithm, the algorithm. Right, right. And if you don't have, you know, it's I feel like hockey talk, you know, hockey TikTok is a very still a very niche realm of TikTok. So it's it's it almost seems kind of redundant because I think that if you know with the targeted ads and everything within TikTok itself, I think that you're going to just kind of attract the same audience that is already watching stuff, hockey stuff right. on TikTok. Right. So and now I'm curious. How- I think I, I completely agree with you. I think that's where if it's done right, this deal, like I said, similar to an expansion team, can bring a lot of light to the game of hockey. And, you know, get people in that normally wouldn't have known about hockey otherwise and give them that opportunity to see whether it's marketing for the all-star game or a winter classic or a stadium series or, you know, a a high intensity rivalry, the playoffs for sure. Mm -hmm. It it just, it'll bring more awareness and attention to it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. nothing but good for the game. Oh, 100%. And I think it's a great way for, um, you know, especially since it's a direct partnership now, I think that we may go into teams potentially um, posting highlights and stuff on their own page. Because as of right now, uh, just from, you know, what I've seen, like the Seattle Kraken's TikTok and stuff, it seems like it's pretty much always just the videos that the intern took or something like that. Yeah, It's not really necessarily the direct play. I I think that's kind of different for each team. I think you look at, um, you know, for example, big Minnesota wild guys. Of course I follow them on TikTok. Um, They, they show a lot of like practice stuff, Mm -hmm. warm up stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a partnership might give more room and leeway to allow for posting gameplay and Mm -hmm. to allow for stuff like that. And I I think that is going to up the game of the NHL on TikTok by tenfold. I, I, yeah, 100% agree. And, you know, I think, yeah, it really kind of just depends on how this gets implemented in the algorithm. And I, I, I've seen I, the one that kind of blows me away the most is gritty on TikTok. He is like, he's like a, a TikTok like celebrity. I saw, okay. I saw something he posted on uh, TikTok probably about a week ago and it had like, it had like 20 million views and it had, I don't know, a million likes or something. And it's just weird because I mean, it's gritty. And if you know anything about hockey or the NHL in general, Gritty is kind of like the millennial version of the Philly fanatic. Oh my God. That could not be more accurate. Isn't it funny? I, mean, it hey, I will say though, shout out to Philly. They know how to do it right. They do. For those of you that know, game. Gritty, Gritty is the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. So we bring up the Philly fanatic and kind of the crazy shit that he did. Um, you know, when, when he was really big and, was kind of the forefront mm-hmm. of, of the MLB. Um, the Philly Fanatic and Gritty are very, very similar. And it, it's shout out to whoever's in Philly. 
that is uh, coming up with this shit because they're marketing geniuses. They are 100%. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see how it gets implemented. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious what that does for TikTok numbers and what that does for the NHL numbers. So 100%. Um, something, if anything, something definitely, uh, definitely follow in the upcoming weeks. I think this, that'll definitely be a segment we'll return to is that mm-hmm. that deal kind of unfolds and the parts of that deal. And, you know, as, as Springer mentioned, what that looks like moving forward and how, how TikTok decides to capitalize on this opportunity and the NHL Absolutely. They decide to capitalize on the opportunity too. So uh, Absolutely. that being said, like I said, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. We'll let you know how things come, but I think uh, we should move into our word of the day. Oh yeah. One of those, uh, one of those fun things for, for you newcomers to the podcast. We like to do a uh, word of the day associated with hockey um us hockey weirdos don't feel the need to use regular words uh we like to shorten words and make up our own words to sound like tool bags um and it's perfect so the word of the day it is for i guess i guess word of the week word of the day however you want to look at it whatever yeah whatever uh chill Springer, you want to take it away? Shell, baby. It is the EA Sports NHL video game series. It has been around for quite a long time. I think 1994 is when the first one came out. Sounds right. Um, It's been a roller coaster of a series. (laughs) To say the least. Yeah, to say the least, I mean, they've come out with some great games over the years, and they've come out with some of the absolute shittiest games of the year. And one part, one part of the Chell series that used to be absolutely just bussin' that uh, they really just haven't done very well recently is the, the song choices, the albums or the soundtracks for the games especially kind of early to mid uh 2000s and mid 2010s yeah the 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 soundtracks were just unbelievable and uh dom i was kind of curious what are your top three shell songs of all time yeah yeah um you know this was tough because like you said there are a lot of really good soundtracks in shell. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I think I've got my three. I couldn't tell you specifically where all of them came from. I can give you a good relative guess. Um, we'll take it. There's, there's two of them that come from my favorite soundtracks, not, uh, not my favorite shell, so to say, but my favorite soundtrack. And that's um, Chell 19. Oh, yeah. Uh, that comes with High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. One of my top three. <laughs> that's beautiful. I love it. We are all, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to sing the songs for you guys. Or you could just look Absolutely. up. You know, we're not trying to get demonetized. Um, and then another song. That comes from also Chell 19 is Bulletproof Baby 
by the struts. That is, that's a, that's an excellent one that people sleep on. And I, I absolutely love it. It's such a, such a good song, such a hype song, especially when you're sitting there kicking the ass out of your rivals, seven, nothing. And you hear that come on. It's there's nothing gets your blood flowing just like that. And then finally, classic, wherever it is, whether it's in a video game or whether you're listening to it before a, uh, for a game or a workout, my songs know what you did in the dark by Fall Out Boy. That's Don't take a it tough away. one to beat. It's just got such a good bass and rhythm. It's stellar. I could listen to that song 900 times and still not have enough of it. So I think those are, uh, absolutely towards. those are probably my favorite three. Springer. Oh, baby. So mine go way back. So this is something I want to have like an in-depth discussion about at some point in the future. And honestly, I could probably take up a whole podcast talking about it, <laughs> like an expose form. But just for me, growing up in Houston, there's not a lot of hockey. Right. And I really honestly didn't know much about hockey until the video game NHL 2003, where this song came out sweetness by jimmy eat world that's a good song fantastic song great song fantastic song um always gets me to work and that is ever thought about giving american idol or i who even fucking knows if that's still running anymore or america's got talent or the voice you ever thought about giving that a go buddy (laughs) i have i just can't be sober when I sing, you know? Yeah. Like, well, and I also, here's the thing. I don't think it'd really be fair to the other contestants if you were on there. That's, I mean, dude, you'd put them to shame. That's buddy. just not okay. I mean, it's not. I, you know, I, and I don't want to go on national TV and just, I, I just know that there'd be so many guys up there who would be so pissed at me because their wife or their girlfriend would just get moist in yeah. the downstairs yeah. region. And, 100%. and I, I'm just not, I'm not ready for that kind of pressure. Yeah, that's understandable. I, I also, I also think, you know, you're, you're really being the nice guy here by not going on those shows so that you're not taken yeah. away from the other contestants and you're giving them a chance, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're giving them a shot. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just, I wanted to touch real quick on, on your, Thank you. I mean, I've had years of singing it too, but yeah, the whole reason why uh, this one is so special to me, I mean, aside from the fact that it's an absolute banger is this is the game that I kind of fell in love with hockey's as sport in general. And that is something I, I really do want to go on an in-depth expose kind of conversation about is what VNH, the Chell video game series can do for people in the future in terms of untraditional marketing and what I think it could do to really kind of coincide with both the sport and growing the interest of the game. But I digress. I digress. Don, what are you cheering about? Uh, your, your Kraken just tied it up too, too. Sorry about that. Fucking hell. I gotta, I gotta get back and watch the game. Um, okay. So yeah, cause I'm, you know, I got it paused or whatever, but um Next song, uh, Joker and the Thief by Wolfmother. Uh, that song 
is special to me in a lot of different ways. That song was on Shell 14, but that song's a lot of, special to me in a lot of different ways. Um, that is a song that uh, is very important to uh, our college. Kansas State University, for those of you that don't know, that is our, uh, that is our kickoff song. So holds a very dear place in our heart. Can't tell you how many drunken shoes I have taken off and held up in the air as we uh, kick the ball off. And honestly, that's probably one of the biggest things I probably remember from those games because I'm stupid. Well, you remember a lot more than I do, that's for sure. I just remember remember waking up Sunday morning uh, with Joker and the Thief in my head. And <laughs> anyway um great song um definitely a song that'll get you hyped up for any kind of situation at all um this song is also on my uh pre-game playlist my warmy playlist um because it just it just gets you going it gets you hyped and um yeah I, I just love that song for that and my last one very weird one but i also still love it for the same reason that i love joker and the thief it's one of those songs you could put on your pregame your warmy playlist but also have on your darty playlist too it's uh olay by the bouncing struts and if you don't know the song the bouncing song souls. goes bouncing souls what did i say struts bouncing struts fuck me <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway if you don't know the song the song goes ole 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 so there you go you're welcome um, people, people like to associate that song with uh, with soccer, but I, I think uh, I think it was a it was a heck of a heck of a song for Chell. And yeah, I do too. It's yeah, and it's definitely it's just definitely a, a soccer song. It's it just is. A it's a vibe. You know, it's one of those songs that if you don't you don't necessarily just have to you don't have to listen to the words as long as you just hear that ole 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 ole. <laughs> Ole, you're just you're good. You're ready, ready to, go. to go. It doesn't matter. You run through a brick wall. Um, so oh, yeah, word of the day, Shell. Um, Dom and I have spent uh, a lot of time playing Shell over the years, and too much, uh, too much time, way too much time. But it's a great game if you're new to the sport and you're looking for a way to, you know, pick it up and kind of just learn it as you go. I think Shell is a fantastic avenue for you to take, and hundred uh, percent, especially with especially the games being as shitty as they have been over the last few years, I'm sure you could probably find a sale within three months of the game coming out. So 100%. let's be honest. Yeah. So great, great video game show. franchise. Great, great songs, great music. Uh, look, look forward to, we'll probably do an episode here in a couple of weeks, kind of just talking about Chell and how that is, uh, you know, been able to bring such a community to hockey oh. for those who are not familiar with the game. So one hundred percent day, week, whatever, whatever the hell we're doing here. Um, chill, ladies and gentlemen, go play some, go, uh, go find some favorite songs, write in, let us know. And we'd love to hear from you on what, what your top three songs are. That'd be great. Honey pee, baby. Honey yeah. pee. Yep. Let's, uh, let's, let's jump to our next and final topic for today's epi. The yeah. Nashville Stadium Series being played this weekend. Um, yeah. Springer, I'll, I'll let you talk a little background, and then we'll just kind of talk about, you know, 
outdoor slash stadium games in general in the, in the sport of yeah. hockey. Yeah. So uh, a game coming up as we're recording game coming up this weekend in Nashville, they're playing at uh, the Titans football stadium, which in my opinion, football stadium is a great place for uh, an outdoor hockey game. Just in my opinion, um, Always. I think, Yep. So the game is with the Nashville Predators and the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Should be a uh, pretty good game, actually. Um, now I know what you're thinking. Hockey in Nashville. What the hell? And you're right. That's also what we're thinking. But it's uh, hockey in Nashville is actually uh, a really big thing. Nashville has really, really embraced um, their team, the Nashville Predators, uh, especially over the last couple of years where they've um, actually been a pretty decent team. And I, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see on TV just how much the city of Nashville and the state of Tennessee as a whole kind of embrace it with having such a high-capacity stadium uh, for a hockey game and a very interesting place for a hockey team. So I'm curious to see how it goes it looks like uh in terms of just the concerts throughout the game um looks like it's going to be a pretty star-studded country cast so very much um, so i'll be definitely tuning into that but um yeah i it goes along with um the three outdoor games that happen typically within a season so you've got the winter classic which dom you had the uh the opportunity to go to this last year i did Um, i did i'll talk to on that a little bit in a, in, a, in a minute. Yeah. So we've got, um, got that game. We've got the stadium series, which happens uh, in the U S for the most part, it's another outdoor game. It's not necessarily as renowned as the winter classic is. I would say the winter classic for the NHL is almost kind of like the masters for uh, golf. It's, uh, it's a very, it's just, you know, something that a lot of people, a lot of hockey fans kind of look forward to watching just because it is such a spectacle, um, you know, aside from just the sport itself, it is definitely a spectacle. Um, so anyway, we've got the uh, Winter Classic, the Stadium Series, and we've got the Heritage Classic, which happens in Canada, typically with obviously at least one Canadian team in the mix. Um, so obviously that does pretty well most of the time because obviously Canada and hockey are uh, go together like uh, peanut butter and uh, toenails. So really, really great combo there. Let me tell you, uh, never had it personally, but uh, you know, a lot of my friends say it's great. So um, yeah, Dom. I'm, yeah. So those are the three outdoor games, Dom. What's your thoughts on uh, this upcoming stadium series in Nashville and just what you think as the only person in this podcast, who's actually been fortunate enough to go to an outdoor hockey game. Yeah, um, I love playing outdoor games in the NHL. I think it's fantastic. Um, The NHL does a very, very good job of putting on a show, but also focusing on the game of hockey. Um, As Springer mentioned earlier, I was fortunate and lucky enough to attend the Winter Classic this year in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, those of you new to the podcast, my team is the wild. So it was one of those things that I just could not give up. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't fare well and we lost, but it was 
one of the greatest experiences I've ever had at a hockey game. And that is coming from a game where the puck dropped at negative, I think it was like 12 and with wind chill, it got to negative 20 something like the whole game. I mean, it was, it was, uh, we were playing in the Arctic basically. Uh, that's what you get when you play January 1st up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, even that being that cold, the environment, the atmosphere, the gameplay, the the extra like performances and everything was so amazing. And it just brought so much more to the game than just uh, you know, playing in a in a stadium and trying to win. You know, uh, it, it was it was, it was something that I just, I can't describe. It was, it was like no other. And I think there's a fine line of games to play in one season that are outdoors. I think it needs to stay about where it's at with only two or three of those uh, games in an entire season being played outdoors. I think the Winter Classic and the Stadium Series, 100%, continue, make it happen. I love it. I, I don't want it to turn into something where they try to make more markets for it and they try to add more outdoor games. I think it'll take away from the authenticity. I think it'll take away from the originalness. So love the outdoor games, love all of them. I just want to see them continue to stay as the Winter Classic and the Stadium Series. And then, as Springer mentioned, the, uh, the outdoor games that get played up in Canada. Yep, the Heritage Classic. The Heritage Yeah, so, um, yeah, should be, should be an interesting game. I, I like how they're going. You know, they're really trying to hit all of the markets. And with that being said, Dom, I wanted to ask you, um, if you can pick anywhere, anywhere in the world, that you would like to see an outdoor game take place. What do you think? Where would you, where would you go? Where would you take it? Oh man. I think, I think it would be really fun to see a stadium series I, I want to keep the Winter Classic kind of how they've been doing it. I love, you know, like playing, have, having a home team, and then they bring in like a rival. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's that's typically what the Winter Classic has looked like. And I, I would love to continue that for the Winter Classic. I think the Stadium Series, they could start to switch it up a little bit. And they have two teams play in like a neutral field. I mm -hmm. think it'd be fun to bring – this would be also a good opportunity to kind of dip, dip the toe in the water of new markets, see how hockey would fare in those new markets. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get people that travel in for these stadium series games regardless of who's playing in them. The stadium series is just awesome to go to. People love to see it. So I think it'd be cool to see them do something like – I don't know, for example, Arrowhead Stadium. You bring in, like, the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues. Oh, yeah. You've got, you've got, you've got two teams that are relatively close by. 
Mm-hmm. And you bring them into Arrowhead, where if you play it in January or February, you're going to have cold enough weather. It's going to stick. You're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to mm-hmm. you're not going to run into a bunch of issues with, um, you know, the ice too hot and ice melting, yeah. all that, all that extra shit that goes into um, hockey. I, I think it'd be fun to see something like that. That's kind of where I hope they, they try to take this. Is it going to be plausible? Maybe, maybe not. I, I would just be curious to see one year if they did something similar to that. Kind of like, I, I know they do that for exhibition, but who the fuck really cares about exhibition hockey? Sure. Um, for those of you not familiar, exhibition is the, the preseason. It's mm-hmm. hockey. So um, yep. I know that they, they do that for exhibition games. They play them in stadiums and in towns that don't have teams or that have, you know, different markets and they, they see how how uh, how the markets are there. They kind of test them out a little bit. But I, I the stadium series brings a whole other level to that. Mm-hmm. And I would be very, very curious to see. I mean, maybe they bring it down to Houston. Maybe it's Kansas City. Maybe it's – I don't know. I could I, – I think another kind of fun opportunity, I don't know how plausible, but Florida might not be a horrible look. I just mm-hmm. think you have a real hard time – um, especially with how big Florida's got Florida hockey has gotten. Uh, you look mm-hmm. at Tampa, they've won back-to-back cups now. And you look at the Panthers who are the second or third best team in the league right now. Yeah. You know, the hockey market in Florida is constantly expanding. And so I'd be curious to see what it would look like down there. But ultimately Ooh. I want to see it go somewhere. There aren't teams have two, two teams close by come and play at a stadium See how it fares. Springer? Hot take. Uh, just kind of touch on your point. Hot take, possibly. Now that uh, Disney and ESPN own the rights to uh, the NHL broadcast, maybe a Disney uh, World, game at Disney World. Series. Oh, this man is on to something. That oh. would be electric to watch. That would be hilarious. Just did Mickey you, Mouse. Did just... you go to Disney on ice as a kid? No, I didn't. I, I I got to go like one time and it was especially, I mean, being a hockey player and how little, you know, ice skating and everything. Seeing Disney on ice was so fucking cool. And I remember yeah. just being so ecstatic and being like, these are all my favorite Disney characters and they're all on ice skates and they're skating around and they look sick. I love that. I think that ESPN, the NHL and Disney could clean up revenue wise when it comes to um possibly hosting a game there that would it would be fantastic oh i mean i would just love to see goofy and donald duck and like a uh you know along the boards like corner battle just oh like, like a, dude that's another thing is you have like a first intermission after the first period Oh you fuck! Got, you, you throw you throw out Donald, Goofy, and Mickey. Yeah, Disney mascots versus NHL mascots. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, it, it, the shit writes itself. Oh, I, I think we've said too much already. I think that somebody's going to take I, this. Yeah, deal I think from we. Us. Need, I think we need to actually shut up, and we're going to bring this to Disney ourselves. Yeah, but realistically, a uh, place I would like to see a game played. Um, 
I don't know, somewhere in Europe. I think it's, you know, they've done exhibition games somewhere over, you know, a couple games in Europe every now and then. But I think possibly doing an outdoor game in a foreign market might be kind of interesting. Um, that or the Bellagio Fountain. Kidding. Oh. No. Could you imagine? Vegas was another one that came to mind. The thing about that is they just hosted the All-Star game. They've got the Knights who have been on a tear. I like mm-hmm. they they have shown that they are a hell of a market for hockey already. Um, mm-hmm. but that being said, the Bellagio Fountain would be badass. Mm-hmm. Don't think it'll ever happen. I think no, freezing I... freezing that and logistically making that happen. No, it's not possible. Would not happen at all. It's not possible. Plus, plus, little known fact: um, there was actually, um, believe back in the mid '90s, there was actually an outdoor game played in Vegas. Really? Believe it or not. Yep, and it was considered one of the worst, uh, like, hockey experiences for players ever because basically. Um, basically what happened was in the desert, funny enough, when you bring water to a specific area within the desert, it attracts a lot of wildlife and bugs, <laughs> most in particularly, uh, mosquitoes. No, so it you. was, it was, uh, considered an absolute marketing failure by, uh, the NHL. And that's probably why you've never heard of it before. So pretty interesting, but um, yeah, I don't know. I could honestly see like in a, you know, a soccer stadium in like Germany or something. I think, I don't know. You bring in the Seattle Kraken and the, um, the um, fuck, who else would you bring in? The Edmonton Oilers, both teams with a uh, prolific German hockey player. Yep. Something like that. I think that would so, be sick. I, I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely we'll a lot of opportunities for the NHL to expand the stadium series and to expand the game in that sense. I'm curious to see what that looks like, where they go, and uh, if, if you know, if the NHL decides to hit us up and they want to use any of our marketing material for a for a Disney stadium series, we'll uh, we'll take we'll take a little bit of of credit for sure. I mean, I think we should just shut up right now. Just talk about it off the air and um, just cut the podcast right now. I say yeah, we end it right basically, now. Basically, when you we're done this week uh, about Disney announcing a stadium series game, um, you'll know where you heard it from. So, we uh, us, baby. that being said, we're gonna wrap it up. We we appreciate you all listening. Don't forget to. Uh, Follow, like, and subscribe as as douchey as it sounds. We gotta we gotta get our views somewhere, and you guys helping us out helps a lot. And Absolutely. we we appreciate everybody that listens, and we will uh, talk to y'all next week with a little more tape to tape. That's right, baby. Take care, y'all. One love. One love.